The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. If you'd like to make your NFL games a little more interesting, you've come to the right place. It's the Even Money Podcast with Ross Tucker and Steve Fezzik. Yeah, Vegas, baby, Vegas. It is the Even Money Podcast presented by DraftKings, America's number one rated sports book app, the only sports book we talk about on the Even Money Podcast, and for good reason. So fired up. For today's show, I'm looking at these NFL draft futures, team futures, player futures. Let's do it. Let's look at some of these 2021 futures. Should be awesome. You can check me out on social media at Ross Tucker NFL, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We even have all of our shows available on YouTube now. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Most of you know, during the season, you want to get our bets in written form. Just become a patron, patreon.com slash RT Media. You can check out our shows at Ross Tucker Pod on both Twitter and Instagram. The star of this show, though, it's Steve Fezzik at Fezzik Sports. He is the man with the math, the man with the plan only at Fezzik Sports. Still waiting on our guy, Sean Grady, who we love, to come up with some more data from our results over the last four years. When we do that, then we're going to do a whole show to prove to you guys, most of you know, most of you have been around, but to show you what we've done over the last four years, which is epic. And I think a lot of you appreciate that, which is why we have so many listeners and now viewers on YouTube Steve, uh, I'm looking forward to this, man. It's our first time taking a look here in late February at some of these futures markets. I also know you were texting me some other topics you want to chime in on as well. Absolutely, Ross. And let's face it, our focus during the fall and early in the year is football. But there's so many sports and so much going on. And frankly, NFL has become a 365-day-a-year job with betting on the draft and the like, that um, there's just um, never a time where you can't wager on the NFL. No, you're right. And, you know, it's interesting because I mentioned that we will start uh, a little bit uh, in the next couple of weeks. We'll go over our results dating back to 2016. We obviously 
spent last week talking about our season in review, which I thought was really helpful to talk about what lessons we learned from 2020 that will serve us well in 2021, whether it's home field advantage, two-point conversions, things like that. I will say this, Steve, I don't know if this is just a Pennsylvania thing or not, but I've got my DraftKings Sportsbook app pulled up. And actually, I've got the the web version of it right now, sportsbook.draftkings. I know other places you can bet, and it might just be um, offshore or whatever, you can bet quarterback movement bets. I don't – is it just – you can't – I can't do it because I live in Pennsylvania, Steve, because I know Pennsylvania has some rules like that. Or are those type of bets not allowed in the United States at all? I don't know if it's state by state. I know we can't bet on those in Nevada as well, but um, I'm going to go ahead and forecast that down the road, those are going to be allowed because they're certainly allowed in the offshore markets. The problem with those bets is that they're really insider information bets. So bottom line is there will hit a point where somebody knows who Carson Wentz is going to, who he went to, and they're going to know who Watson's going to go to, and you're going to see the numbers really move but uh, unless you're, you have that inside information, you're on the outside looking in and you're throwing darts, really difficult to win based on that. Got it. Yeah, I will say this, though. If you have a strong feeling about it, where Deshaun Watson or whoever can go, you can make wagers about him as MVP or that team to win the division, whatever it is. You know, you can, there are people that started to hear some rumblings about Tom Brady going to the Bucks a year ago, and they made bets, Steve, futures bets, which we're talking about today, on the Bucks to win the NFC, the Bucks to win the Super Bowl, that paid off handsomely. Oh, absolutely. I think they were as high as 65 to 1. And then there's, of course, the wise guys that are betting information that bet Tampa Bay futures after they learned that Tom Brady was going where there's – you know, a window of opportunity of about 60 seconds. And I got to be honest, some of those bets are the best bets one can possibly make. When um, Andrew Luck retired, I know some people did very well betting against the Colts in the first, you know, seconds up to like the first 10 minutes because it happened on the weekend and the markets were a little slow to adjust. Those are the real gold bets where you're absolutely certain of something happening and then you lock it in, but you got to be fast against slow moving books. That's a good point. Um, so I guess that would be the ways people can right now bet if you have a strong feeling about where Deshaun Watson or someone of that would uh, someone of that ilk could land. Yeah, and Watson really is the one guy that's absolutely going to move the needle. He is my fourth-rated quarterback. So you know all these other quarterbacks. You know I've got once rated my number twenty guy. So. Does it really matter where some of these quarterbacks land? It's not going to turn you into a Super Bowl contender if you're not already. But uh, Watson's the one total game changer in this equation. It's interesting, Steve, because I had a buddy of mine. Now, truth be told, he's an Eagles fan. But he texted me to tell me that he put 100 bucks on Carson Wentz to win the MVP at DraftKings because he knows you know, that DraftKings is our – advertiser here and you know i i guess it's his odds are a little better than i thought they'd be there 
They're plus 3,000. So um, you look at it, Mahomes is plus 500. Aaron Rodgers plus 800. Josh Allen plus 1,300. Russell Wilson plus 1,400. But Carson Wentz is ahead of Baker Mayfield, ahead of Kirk Cousins, ahead of Joe Burrow. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. You know, there's only two, three, four, five. There's only ten people with better odds than Carson Wentz. I'm sorry, twelve. Twelve people with better odds than Carson Wentz, Steve. That's a little and one of them's uh no, not Derrick Henry. Carson's right before Derrick Henry. But that's interesting that Carson Wentz has the thirteenth best odds to be the MVP now. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me and certainly was playing at an MVP level, you know, back three years ago. He's going to have to prove it to me. And, well, Ross, you've watched enough of Carson Wentz. How would you forecast him? What, Where would you put Carson Wentz 1-32 to 32 in terms of starting NFL quarterbacks? I think it's very difficult to do that. I think last year he was somewhere between 30 and 32. I mean, he was really bad. He was? There's, there's, there's just no way around. He was really bad. Now, I will say this. I thought uh, in 18 and 19, I thought he was between like 7 and 12 at worst. And in 17, I thought he was top two or three. So we've talked about this before, I think, Steve. But I don't think he gets back to being a top five guy. But that's a possibility. You know, I don't know. It's 5% maybe. I think... You know, seven through twelve, that would seem to me to be uh, maybe twenty five percent, and then somewhere between like thirteen and twenty two, like they get him back to being a solid starter in the NFL. I think there's probably fifty percent, but then there's still got to be twenty percent that whatever happened to him last year, he never gets it corrected, and he just lost his confidence or lost it mentally and never gets it back. I think I don't know how high that percentage is, Steve, but it's it's got to be it's got to be decently high. I mean that's that's all we saw for most of the last data sample. I think that's a solid representation and you're like a pro poker player here where you're basically putting Carson Wentz percentage chances on different hands that he might be holding. And it sounds like if you took a weighted average of those, you'd come out to him being about the 20th best quarterback. However, he has a much higher ceiling than the typical number 20 quarterback. So Teddy Bridgewater, for instance, eh, he's about the number 19 quarterback. When, and he's, he's not going to suddenly become a top 10 quarterback, whereas that could certainly happen again with Carson Wentz. All right, looking at these MVP, regular season MVP odds, Steve, you typically do not partake in markets like these, correct? That is correct. The one exception, Ross, is that early in the season after like two or three games, sometimes the market just doesn't correct enough for someone who just comes out guns a-slinging and does great. As an example, bet lost. But I think that people who bet Russell Wilson last year back in September got some really good value. He became the favorite to win the MVP. And then, of course, all of a sudden he stopped producing around the middle of October. Well, I'll say this, Steve. Um, and I think we talked about it on this show. I did pretty well on the coach of the year and rookie of the year. 
last year. I, I was really early on Herbert because I said when he got in that game, maybe even before he got in that game, I remember saying, like, Tyrod Taylor is not going to last real long. If Herbert starts 12 games, he might be able to overtake Burrow. Now, I didn't know Tyrod Taylor would get his lung punctured <laughs> and that in would come Herbert and that Burrow would have his torn ACL. So there was good fortune there. Although, I don't know, Steve. I kind of feel like even if Burrow stayed healthy, Herbert would have been the rookie of the year. Yeah, I think so. Herbert really overachieved and – he was a gunslinger, man. That was um, extremely impressive. You know, be interesting to see, is Herbert going to become a top 10 quarterback this year? It's certainly possible. Well, his MVP odds are 11th. He's plus 2,200. So, and I know people that really like the Chargers this year. I, I joked, we had Shield Capadia last Wednesday on the Ross Tucker football podcast, Steve. And I joked that it's the 26th consecutive year that the this Chargers are the sleeper slash surprise team in the NFL. Yeah, Chargers are always perennially undervalued. You know, I go back to remember the AFC title game. They're at New England. I think the spread on that game was three and a half. New England was laying three and a half, and New England scored every possession, I think, through the third quarter. And it's just amazing the support that the Chargers have gotten over the years. Um, actually, that was in the division round, I believe. But you get the point. Chargers, uh, for whatever reason, statistically, they look fine, but they don't back it up on the scoreboard year after year after year. Well, we already know this, but they had really, really poor coaching last year. So we'll get into that, but that was uh, certainly the case. So, okay, I know you're not a big fan of it, but let's say some of our listeners – are into the MVP. They like it. Obviously, we talked about the first couple weeks of the season. Is there anybody, Steve, that you like? And or maybe just start by explaining why you don't like the MVP odds. Yeah, I don't like the MVP odds just because if you bet each and every uh, candidate and you invested $100, well, you one of them would win. And on average, you only get back 50. So you'd only get back 50 cents on the dollar. So it's just too much of a house advantage for me to spend a lot of time and effort, you know, trying to find a winner there. I will say there's certain bets, I think, that are worse than other bets. Like probably not the time to be looking at Derrick Henry or Tom Brady after, you know, Brady just wins the Super Bowl MVP. And after Derrick Henry has 380 carries back-to-back years, so, you know, those would be two right off the bat that I'd say probably two of the worst MVP bets that you could make. Um, anytime a guy does win the MVP, I immediately think it's going to take a Herculean effort for him to win back-to-back years. Now, I know Giannis did it in the NBA, but in general, I would look to avoid, you know, betting, you know, on, um, on Rodgers because of that. And, you know, Mahomes with his MVPs, I'd look to avoid him as well. So I'm just trying to eliminate guys that I think don't have value and then after that, you're kind of on your own in terms of who you think could have a big year. Yeah, I mean, the next two guys are Josh Allen and Russell Wilson. Then you've got Dak Prescott and Deshaun Watson. They're both 1,500 to one. You know, if Deshaun Watson goes to like the Miami Dolphins, that's, you know, I don't know if he'd be able to get there in Carolina or with the Jets. That's the problem. Uh, Dak Prescott's an interesting one. Not really feeling Brady. 
Lamar Jackson, yeah, it's hard to do that twice in three years. Matthew Stafford plus sixteen hundred is interesting to me, Steve. I like guys. You know, part of this is a narrative award. Part of this is like almost who they want to see win it and who, you know, obviously it's the guy who's playing the best, but I don't know. I, I can see there being momentum for guys like Matthew Stafford and Carson Wentz if they if their teams are playing really well this year, which I think is a very realistic possibility. I like that Stafford pick because he's toiled in Detroit forever and has been a good soldier, so to speak. He's got the weapons, and and let's face it, the Rams' defense is good enough that they certainly could go 12-4, and four and Stafford could have a top year. So you can certainly make the case that that at 16-1, to one, that would be the most attractive of all the options that you've read so far. So we will go over, Steve. We'll have at least one, probably two NFL draft betting shows. But I wanted to put these out right now just because they're they're here. They're available over, over at DraftKings. First quarterback drafted, Lawrence is minus 10,000. That's a wasted one. But first O-lineman drafted, I wouldn't be totally shocked if Rashawn Slater went ahead of Penny Sewell. So Penny Sewell's minus 1,000. Rashawn Slater's plus 400. I've seen some mock drafts where Slater goes ahead of Sewell. So there might be some value there. First wide receiver drafted. Most people think it'll be Jamar Chase. It'd be surprising if it's not. First running back drafted. I don't know. I think it's interesting. Travis Etienne at minus 150. Maybe Najee Harris at plus 120 is someone to look at. I know on the College Draft Podcast this week, Steve, Matt Waldman said his favorite running back was Trey Sermon. I don't think Trey Sermon at plus 4,000 is going to be drafted, uh, the first running back, but I thought that was interesting. There's obviously odds on the first overall pick. Don't waste your money there. Now, what about second overall pick? This is one, Steve, where a couple weeks ago, I think you could have gotten Zach Wilson at plus money but that's changed, and now Zach Wilson, the BYU quarterback, is minus 200. Yeah, it makes a whole lot of sense that quarterback is king, and he is clearly the number two quarterback. So that was a bet that I wish that I had made. I have not made any bets on the draft. Let me disclose that. I will say that draft basic betting strategy, that final week, Ross, as draft day approaches and you see all these mock drafts and people start hearing things, people know some things and you see players rising and falling in, in college basketball, college football for well, sorry about college football. When you're betting and you see a team go from pick them to minus two, yeah, money's coming in on that team. Maybe you got yourself a 54% bet at pick them. But I can tell you this, if you see a guy dropping on the board and he was projected to go 12th, and now he's projected to go 15th. If you can bet him under 12 and a half, that might be an 85% bet. I mean, these moves on the draft are so deadly because it's not performance-driven. He doesn't have to do it on the field. Someone knows something, and if you have that information and it gets reflected in these mock drafts as often as it does with these sharp guys that have that information, you've got just phenomenal bets. And my buddy 
in Jersey, the hitman he goes by, I can tell you this, he doesn't like, he's in his own cave for like three days betting the draft. That is all he does. He doesn't bet anything else. I'm like, I got a 55% bet for you. He hangs up on me. He's like, screw you, I'm busy. Because it's the one time of the year that he literally is making 80% bets, and that's all he cares about. Okay, question for you. On first overall pick, Trevor Lawrence is minus 5,000, okay? Like, what amount of money is it worth it to put a bet down on that? Zero, because even if I was certain he was going to be picked, which I'm not, you know, let's think there's you know the 98% chance he's going to go number one what I can't make 2% on my money betting other things in the next two months so um certainly if I'm going to take a bridge jumper they call those bridge jumpers where you risk 50 to win a dollar I should be able to find something better to wager on that's a virtual sure thing that I can get ca- I can cash my ticket in one day not you know two months from now bridge jumper I never heard that before yeah, you lose it, you want to jump off the Golden Gate Bridge. So, Oh, I didn't know what it was. That, oh, man. Uh, got it. All right. So now let's look at the futures, Steve. They've got, looking at DraftKings as usual, they got the Super Bowl winner, conference winner, division winner. Now, am I correct in saying that you typically – Like, out of those three, you would rather do division winner than conference winner or Super Bowl winner, correct? I mean, I know you mainly like season win totals, but out of those three, the the smaller you can make it, the better, right? That is correct. Although you do, when you mentioned conference winner, I can tell you that I did make a bet on next year's Super Bowl. I bet the NFC plus two and a half against the AFC just because Ross – I see the two conferences at the top ends as being virtually equal. I see no reason why that either conference should be favored. Oh, interesting. Okay. But explain again, Steve, why you would be more likely to do division winner than conference or Super Bowl. Because it's harder for the bookies to absolutely cheat you on the division odds and take a hold of 50% like they do on the Super Bowl odds because it just becomes too obvious. If you look at these odds on the divisions, they're like, oh boy, it's clear we're just robbing everybody blind. So we're going to have to go ahead and juice those up and not take as big of a household. Got it. Um, so would you bet, do you ever bet any of these Super Bowl or conference futures? It is rare. I have certainly bet them. And what's interesting is you'd think, oh, you're getting selective long shots. You're, you're betting, right, Fez? No, it's actually every now and then I'll look at a favorite because the favorites oftentimes are the few teams that people are like, well, anyone can win, but it's extremely unlikely. Like Kansas City last year before the year started was 6-1. to one. And I thought 6-1 to one was great value on the Chiefs. They're the best team. How am I getting six to one on the best team? So I thought that that was, you know, a bet last year that even though that they were the, you know, the top team in those odds, six to one was still a very attractive payout. Right now, the Chiefs at DraftKings are plus 525, Bucks are plus 900, Packers plus 1,000, Bills plus 1,200, 
Ravens plus 1,300. These are the Super Bowl winner odds. Look, Steve, I, I wouldn't be mad at somebody if they put down the plus 900 on the Bucks. I, I honestly wouldn't. Like, I think there's a chance they're better next year than they were this year. Yeah, and on the top end, certainly the Bucks, the Bills could be the best team this year. You know, that's certainly something of consideration. Baltimore is the interesting animal. You know, Baltimore led the league two years ago in points differential, almost plus 250. And last year, Baltimore once again led the league in points differential at plus 150. So back-to-back years, this team, just in terms of how many, how many points they score and how many they give up, they've been number one in the league. The problem, of course, is that Baltimore's a bully and clobbers bad teams, and they lose to good teams. Can, they, can you get around that when you place a futures wagers knowing they've got a win in the playoffs? That is really interesting. I didn't know this year again they had the best. Wow. That's crazy. I didn't realize that. Um, all right. So let's get to then there's conference winners, Bucks, blah, blah, blah. Let's get to division winners because I think that that is interesting. Chiefs are minus 455. Bills minus 159. That is one where if you think the Dolphins are going to get to Sean Watson, Dolphins plus 260, I think, is interesting. Yeah, that's um, one, though. I like to get at this with the better information. I'll wait till they get Watson and hope I'm at my desk. And this is the nice thing about these division odds. These are the sort of odds that the bookmakers can be slow to move. So the second, boom, Miami got Watson. Well, you're not going to get Miami anymore to win the Super Bowl. But it wouldn't surprise me if you couldn't get a piece of Miami to win the division plus the 260 unadjusted for a small period of time before the odds makers figure out, oh, we got to adjust those as well. Chargers plus 525, I think, is interesting in the AFC West. If you think that you know, the Chiefs might take a little bit of a step back. And if you believe in the coaching issues in the AFC West, uh, I don't see much in the NFC North. NFC South, it's hard for me to imagine, I guess, maybe the Saints. Maybe you like the Panthers if you think Sean Watson is going to go there. NFC East, everybody's plus money in the NFC East. NFC West, and we can go through these some other week in, in greater detail. NFC West, the Rams and the Niners are both plus 175, Steve, while the Seahawks are plus 300 and the Cardinals plus 700. That surprises me a little bit. Yeah, the problem is either one of those four teams could indeed win, so it's really hard when you're looking at a division that's stacked like that. I like the idea of the Chargers – because let's face it, we don't think much of Denver and I don't think much of the Raiders defense. And so given that you only got one team, you got to jump over. Okay. It's a big hurdle with Kansas city, but if Mahomes goes down all of a sudden, you know, you're very live with the chargers. So I would much rather look for a division bet when there's only one premium team in the division that you got to beat. AFC South, the Colts are minus one Oh six. Titans plus 120. AFC North is interesting. Ravens plus 105. 
Browns plus 175, Steelers plus 375. I I I think that I kind of like the Steelers. I mean, I, I, I think they're going to bring Big Ben back, and I think he's going to have a whole year to actually rehab that elbow and arm that he wasn't able to last year. Plus 375 for Steelers, one of the more appealing ones on the board to me. Yeah, so again, an 11-0 and team, a team that was 11-0, plus 375. I have to say it certainly looks attractive, but I, I don't like what I saw at all from Big Ben at the end of the year. And let's face it, he's not exactly gotten a ringing endorsement from the organization about bringing him back. No, he hasn't. What, um, what, what about some of the other sports, Steve, before we let you go? Let's talk Nets a little bit. You texted me about the Nets at four to one. Yeah, you know, I can get behind the Brooklyn Nets four to one. It's interesting because I looked at a couple sites. I went to, you know, 538 and I took a look at, at um, I think it's teamrankings.com and they do projections. What they have the Nets, their odds of winning, and it's only around 10% to win the title. And I can't help but think, you know, the Nets just won five straight road games. They're doing it without Durant. They've got so much talent that's going to get better as the season goes on. They're a really attractive destination for free agents here at the trade deadline to come in and try to grab a ring. They're clearly the best team in the East, I believe, going forward. And so because of that, I could get behind, you know, um, playing the four to one on Brooklyn here at this point in time. Um, what about what we talked about, Steve? Just want to go back to the division thing, division odds, real quick. You were you were saying something about the Lions' schedule. Yeah, I'm thinking ahead of season wins, and that's my bread and butter. Okay, to, to go ahead and bet overs and unders on season wins, and call me a negative guy. I like betting against teams more than on them because if I'm right about a team being lousy, nothing can go wrong, and I'm going to cash my ticket. If I'm bullish on a team, injuries can go ahead and sidetrack me and I can lose even when I was right. But, you know, I'm looking at this Lions schedule. Ross, I don't know how they're going to win five games. They're already in a tough division because they don't get to play themselves twice a year. And they've got to play against the NFC West, four good teams. The AFC North, three good teams, if you count Pittsburgh as a good team. And they're a last place team, the Lions, well, they get to play two last place teams, Atlanta and Philly. I'm not saying Atlanta and Philly are difficult games, but that's a very difficult fourth place schedule to have those as your fourth place teams. You add it up, the Lions are only going to be favored in one game all year long, the way it's looking. Ooh, that's a good point. You're thinking what the Cincinnati game? Yes. Wow. That's interesting, Steve. Really interesting. Well, we'll get into season win totals when they come out. Can't wait for it. Great stuff on quarterback movement, draft strategy, season uh, futures, why you should look more at division odds. Love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, next week, might even have a special guest. Definitely going to get into our numbers since 2016 over the next few weeks here. You got to keep it right here because I got great email questions for Steve from some of the listeners. Keep them coming. Ross at RossTucker.com. We can dive even more into some of these division winners, which is awesome. And 
before you know it, it'll be March Madness time as well. Other than that, good luck, everybody. Hope you guys win some money. Thanks for listening to the Even Money Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, the Fantasy Feast, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.